This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today we are going to make a football game between a 5-4 and four team and a 3-6 and six team extremely interesting to you. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 11th. You are listening to the College Football Daily, and my name is Trey Scott. That aforementioned game between two mediocre to bad programs, teams, programs, whatever you want to say, Miami versus Florida State. But it matters. I promise it matters. And we're going to have Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports on in just a second to tell us why. The implications here, head coaching moves, transfer portal, recruiting, two programs that we give a lot of oxygen to every year, every offseason, Miami and Florida State. This weekend's a grudge match of sorts between two programs and coaches who don't really like each other either. So I promise Andrew Ivins will have, uh, will, will teach you something about this game and why you need to be paying attention. Because otherwise, unless you're in the state of Florida, you are not going to. A few other news and notes before we get there as well. Staying in the state of Florida, Florida International University. Well, they're going to have a few things going on. So first of all, they're going to be looking for a new athletic director because Pete Garcia, who was their AD, announced on Wednesday that he is resigning to become senior advisor to the school president. And that puts into uh, focus the fact that Butch Davis is not long for FIU football. They're one and eight in his fifth season there. And there was a report Wednesday in conjunction with the AD move that Florida International will not retain Butch Davis. We're going to ask Andrew, his top candidate for that job as well. Out there on the West Coast, I really wanted to do an entire episode on this, but we just couldn't find the right guest for it. But Cal football, encourage you to pay attention to what's going on out there. USC and Cal had to postpone their football game this weekend to December because of COVID-19 cases among the Cal program, which is really frustrating for the Cal program uh, as the football team is 99% vaccinated. But they've had an outbreak. This feels like 2020 all over again. They They had an outbreak. They played like with 40 players down in last weekend's loss against Arizona. This was reading between the lines, not totally their decision. They're in Berkeley, Berkeley Health, the city, the county stipulations. It's not like Justin Wilcox, who we're going to get to in a second, was like, yeah, shut us down. I think his his hand was tied here. And, uh, and I think that's also going to potentially set up a coaching situation out there as well. And this is all parroted from John Wilner, who does a great job on Twitter at Wilner Hotline, uh, runs what he calls the Pac-12 Hotline for the Mercury News in San Jose. Wilner's been uh, connecting some dots here about Jimmy Lake at Washington saying he doesn't think that Washington can possibly bring Jimmy Lake back from a suspension. And connecting that dot to Justin Wilcox, who 
is a young coach, 44, up and down at Cal so far. If you remember a few years ago, they were 7 and 6 in 2018, 8 and 5 in 2019. 8 and 5 on top of the world and, the, and then the pandemic hits, they only play four games. They go 1 and 3 in 2020 and 3 and 6 this year. Admittedly, that's been hard to judge. But anyway, Wilner's positing that there's a situation that if if, if Washington moves on from Jimmy Lake, it might really think about bringing back Justin Wilcox, who was Washington's DC from 2012 to 2013. And by all accounts is well-respected and has uh, skins on the wall as a head coach, whereas Jimmy Lake did not. So keep an eye on that. If Justin Wilcox's frustration reaches the boiling point with Berkeley, well, let's see what happens. Anyway, here's Andrew Ivins. Okay, here's Andrew Ivins. Andrew, I know you're jacked up to talk about Florida State, Miami. So give me like 30 seconds here because I promised our listeners in the introduction for this show. But if Florida International does indeed come open as it's being reported, who's your name for it? Can I give you two names real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the first one, James Coley, Titans coach at Texas A&M. You know, he's a guy that grew up or I just didn't say grew up, but cut his teeth as a coach in Miami-Dade County. I've heard from through the grapevine that maybe there's some interest his in from on his end if that were to open up. So uh, not reporting that, but I think he's a name that would make sense. I think there's interest from him. And then another guy is Kerwin Bell, the former Florida quarterback, won a Division II national title at Valdosta State. He's now at Western Carolina in his first year there. They're three and six. Um, so I think he maybe you know if he was in year two, it'd make more sense. But he's a guy that's recruiting South Florida really well right now, and I think they need kind of an experienced head coach. So those are two guys, I would lean to James Coley. Awesome. Thanks, man. So this weekend's game, you and I were talking about this earlier on the on the phone when we were tossing around a possible idea for this. Like nobody, and I, and I mentioned this, no, nobody between the lines it doesn't really matter. Tyler Van Dyke versus Jordan Travis or McKenzie Milton. But what happens in this game is weirdly going to affect a lot of other things in college football. The carousel, transfer portal, recruiting. Then you got the whole backdrop of this being a rivalry game. I want to ask you later about the Manny Diaz recruiting bake-off, bake-sale, bake-off comments. So just, you're putting together all these notes. You're working on a story on this. Top line item, what is it, Andrew? I don't know. I I mean, to be honest, like as I was mapping out my week, I'm like, I have to watch this game. Like this game needs all of my attention. And I don't think to the average college football fan, like anyone has any idea that it's Miami, Florida State, Saturday, 3.30 in Tallahassee. Like, I think there's only two fan bases that really care about it right now, which, you know, probably speaks to what has happened at, at both programs and the decline in recent years. But this this game, to me, it has so much meaning. I mean, we got the early signing periods a month away. So obviously, this is going to have huge recruiting implications. You know, both, both teams are battling for some of the same guys. But, you know, Manny Diaz, it wasn't too long ago where it seemed like, hey, he's going to get five. Now he's won three straight, including two games over ranked opponents. Uh, and he has a chance to go 3-0 and against Florida State, which is where he went to school. So I think that's huge. I, I mentioned this to you. I don't think you realize this. Mike Norvell didn't coach last year against Miami. Uh, he had tested positive for COVID-19. So when Florida State traveled down uh, to Miami Gardens, he wasn't even in the stand. So I think that's another storyline. I think if he takes down Miami, you know that kind of buys him some time, helps give them some momentum on the recruiting trail. So there's there's a ton of different storylines. I think both these schools are going to battle for guys in the transfer portal when we get into December and January. I mean, it's just, it's really intriguing. You know, maybe not what happens actually in between the hashes, but what that final scoreboard looks like. Yeah. So let's go down that item by item. Well, let's start with Manny. 
the recruiting, and you used to cover exclusively covered recruiting for Miami. Right now, they're number 61 nationally in 2022. Andrew, how much of that is a, is a byproduct of, of the job security for Manny? And the comments by his athletic director, Blake James, did not help a few weeks ago and got us rolling on content for Manny Diaz, <laughs> getting fired, whatever, whatever. Now, and now he's won three straight. Yeah, you know, he he made sure to bring that up that getting a lack of vote of confidence from the AD has hurt them. Uh, but Miami's just kind of been taking its time in the class of 2022. And, you know, I think they don't want to reach for some guys and want to save some of their counters for transfer portal individuals. That's been the case kind of from the jump. And I think they're really banking on having a good season. And that obviously hasn't happened. They're five and four right now. De'Eric King, uh, it was lost for the year. Uh, Jake Garcia, the, the five-star quarterback recruit, you know, some thought he was going to take over. He gets injured. So now they've kind of shifted to Tyler Van Dyke, who has honestly looked excellent uh, for a former three-star guy. I mean, he's helped them put up a bunch of points down the stretch. So, you know, I think they were, they were kind of banking on winning some games, but they lost to Alabama. They, I think Michigan state was better than they expected. And then they lost some close ones to Virginia and North Carolina. So they kind of rolled the dice thinking, Hey, we're going to bring in a bunch of visitors in June. Uh, We'll win games. That's going to help us come December but that hasn't been the case. All right. So we've got a coach fighting for his job and then Mike Norvell. So Florida state's three and six right now. And I forget, Andrew, did we set preseason the baseline of what they need to be at six and six or five and seven? I think we said five and seven. Okay. All right. So we, like they're, we, we might, they're we close. Might, yeah. We it might, might have been six and six. Yeah. Are we moving the goalposts? Yeah. Well, we also forget that they lost to Jacksonville State. <laughs> One of those. Yeah, we moved past. We have moved past that because they've looked more. They've looked more capable recently, but we have moved past that because um, you know they beat North Carolina, they beat Syracuse, which was their first win of the season. They they got a little closer, and I have to ask you about this. Back over the summer. Florida State had a top 10 clash. Right now, it's number 13. It's headlined, of course, by Travis Hunter. And Andrew, Florida State was very deliberate. I'll give them this. They were very deliberate about owning the storylines for name, image, likeness, and the end of the recruiting dead period, which feels like nine years ago. But that June 1st, you know, camp- campus opened back up. Campus opens back up. Tallahassee was a place to be. And people were comparing and contrasting Florida State and Miami and the recruiting classes. And here's a quote from Manny Diaz that I thought was pretty sharp. And is is interesting to revisit now. Uh, Manny said they can win the recruiting bake-off in the month of June because that's not signing day. We want to be authentic in our relationships. And if a kid picks Miami, we want it to be for the right reasons. So you've already laid out that Miami has to really pick up the recruiting pace and, and Florida State has stabilized his class. But the backdrop of Manny Diaz versus Mike, Mike Norvell, do you believe there is serious animosity there? Yeah, I don't think they like each other. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that I was in <laughs> Coral Gables at, at some different points this summer, and uh, there were some staffers saying, hey, we, we, we embrace those recruiting battles against uh, FSU. And uh, you got to tip your cap here to Mike Norvell, though. I mean, his recruiting staff has, has kind of taken an interesting approach. You know, go back to the Notre Dame game, uh, Labor Day weekend. They, they packed the stands, and they almost won. And that gave them a shot of life. And they've kind of strategically picked and choose when they're going to have kids in the stands. They didn't have many guys on hand last weekend for that NC State loss. But this weekend, according to the folks at Knowles 247, it's going to be kind of a who's who in the stands. I know Travis Hunter, uh, the number one prospect in the country, he's going to be there. Everyone seems to think he's going to stick with Florida State, but Georgia's trying to flip him. So I think if uh, FSU were to get a good result in front of him, that's going to help kind of keep him in the boat.
boat. Uh, they also got some official visitors coming in. Marvin Jones Jr., who's a, a, you know, basically a five-star edge rusher. His dad went to Florida State. He'll be on an official visit. Javante Barnes, a running back out of Las Vegas. And then another kid, Wesley Besanthe uh, from Miami Central. He's going to announce Thanksgiving weekend. I think it's a Miami FSU battle. And I don't normally think like a, a, a win or a loss can swing a kid one way or another. But this this seems to be the recruitment where he kind of is waiting for someone to give him a reason to go there. So I think depending on who wins Saturday, that could kind of tip the cap in, in one direction or the other. I have a dumb question, and I know you're going to say no, but I want to chew on it. Would a Miami fan rather Travis Hunter go to Florida State or, or Georgia? Like, is it possible that, I mean, I don't know. If I was a Florida or a Miami fan, like, I'd want Florida State to be good because that makes me good. And I'd want the other, like, iron sharpens, sharpens iron, and I, and I would probably be getting a little bit sick of all three of us being kind of bad. I don't know. It's something definitely to marinate on, but just having interacted and, and seen what I would call uh, big three Twitter, which would be, you know, the th- big three schools. Like, I think they all just want each other to, to the other team to suck. So I, I think if you're Miami, you kind of just want your Miami fan. You and, and, you know, you have season tickets. You, you don't want to face Travis Hunter four times or, or three times over the next few years. You rather maybe potentially see him one day in a bowl game if you're fortunate enough to even play Georgia in a bowl game. Yeah. Well, that's a playoff. All right. So, so Adam Fuller and Rhett Lashley, I saw you put on your notes, like Brandon Marcello with 24 seven sports pulled a lot of college coaches to see which assistants are ready to make a jump. Rhett Lashley is one of them. So Rhett Lashley, the offensive coordinator for Miami. Yeah. You mentioned it done a bang up job with Tyler Van Dyke. The guy on the other end, Adam Fuller, the Florida state defensive coordinator, they're 70th in total defense, 71st in scoring defense. Do you think this is as Mike Norvella ends his second year and, you know, if they're, if they're not quite six and six, usually you throw something to the lambs. Do you think Adam Fuller could potentially, and this is not you reporting anything, but just something to, to chew on or marinate on, as you said earlier, could potentially be something in the offing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Florida State has has strung together some wins and they look way more competent than they were early on in the season. But let's say they go out uh, and they get throttled or, 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 or Miami wins by double digits. I think that's going to leave a sour taste in, in the mouth of all the Seminole boosters. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been to Doak Campbell Stadium, that is a huge, huge booster section. Uh, and then they got to face Florida at the end of the season. So I think, you know, there, there's going to have to be some changes made uh, if they do round this thing out with two or three losses. And I think Adam Fuller's the guy everyone's going to probably call for. You know, look at what happened at Florida. I think you can make the case that maybe Dan Mullen should have made a change with Todd Grantham much earlier. Uh, and, and if Mike Norvell waits, he could be, you know, putting himself in a bad situation in year three. Now you're trying to make that change. And who's going to want to come jump on a, a sinking ship if, if Florida State were to not turn things around in, in 2022? So, yeah, I do think it's interesting. You know, uh, maybe Fuller not in a way coaching for his job but that's kind of another underlying storyline to this game you know what what happens with him how does the defense look yeah and, and you also mentioned that like if, if Manny keeps it, whoever whoever's Miami's coach will hit the transfer portal hard whoever's Florida State's coach will hit the transfer portal hard those are two schools who have done a nice job there Miami of course Jalen Phillips was a first round pick a few months ago Florida State might have the same result with Jermaine Johnson at transfer from Florida so Miami is a two and a half point favorite let's Let's say they win, Andrew. Let's say they win and they're six and four. Is that enough? A few games left to, to also win. Like I would, I would stump for Manny Diaz at that at that point. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. And there's, I mean, you got to read inside the U, my, my guy David Lake over there. And I know Brandon Marcello has done a little reporting uh, on this as well, our, our other colleague. Like, there's way more going on to the Miami Athletics Department and kind of how much of a mess that's turned into with the AD and, and the president. So I'm not as convinced as I once was that there's going to be change. But let's say Manny does go into Tallahassee on Saturday and comes out with a win. You're, you're right. He's six and four. I think that's enough to keep his job. Remember, two of these losses are to teams in the college football playoff conversation, Alabama and Michigan State. I don't think anyone expected him to beat Alabama, and I don't think anyone thought Michigan State would be this good. And then the other two losses to Virginia on a last-second field goal where, where your freshman kicker misses it, and then a three-point loss on the road to North Carolina in, in Tyler Van Dyke's first road start. So I think if I'm Manny, I, I take that to the administration and be like, hey, what do you want me to do? You know, I, I think it would be good. And they 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 would make a bowl game and all that. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, I think the line is certainly interesting. I think the total is really interesting. 60 and a half on this game. I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I know there aren't many people outside of a, a few areas in the state of Florida that care about this game, but it, it certainly um, has some intrigue uh, for me and I, I know some others. What about that total is interesting? Well, I, I, I think if you're Florida State, you kind of want to get maybe in a bit of a shootout you know, like I could see a lot of points being scored and at the same time I can't. I think if Miami's going to win this game, they're going to have to stop uh, Florida State's running backs and Jordan Travis. And the big weakness all season for the Hurricanes has been really tackling and, and getting guys to the ground. So, you know, I, I I think if it's a shootout, it could go either way, uh, to be honest. And, and 60 points, I mean, you're talking seven, six touchdowns for each squad. So it'll be interesting. I'd probably lean. It's going to go under, but um. I'm interested because Tyler Van Dyke, man, he he can he can spin it, and uh, you know I I always thought kind of all along that he would be the guy that emerged post D. Eric King, and you know he's he's been helped out by an injury to Jake Garcia, but it, it, it's you know it's it's interesting interesting to see that he's doing this well. Let's make this promise: if if, if Tyler Van Dyke heads into the offseason as the starter, and I think he will, we have to do an episode on him because that's a three star kid, which is not usually going to cut it at Miami, and. Andrew, I, I know I'm not a scout and I know I just fly into the, the big <laughs> events, but like, man, he was not good at the Elite 11. I yeah. felt bad for you every day having to kind of explain to the Miami fans why he was like 15th on our rankings. So we're going to yeah. do an episode on that one day. All right. Final thing I'll say about Tyler Van Dyke, you know, he was initially committed to play for Miami when when Dan Enos was the offensive coordinator, and, and then Manny terminated Dan Enos uh, and went and found Rhett Lashley. And obviously, Rhett Lashley has really helped TVD come along. But Manny, from the jump, I mean, the, the word coming out of the uh, Coral Gables and anyone I talked to was Manny believes in this kid. He thinks this kid is a leader. Uh, he thinks this kid is has what it takes to be a quarterback. And I was always kind of like, what what does that mean? Um, and here we are, five games later, and he. He's kind of been one of the storylines in the ACC or, or one of the bigger surprises. Absolutely. All right. Follow Andrew Ivins on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivins. Andrew, we appreciate you. Anytime, man. All right. Thanks to Andrew for joining us. Always fun to talk to him. Only one game tonight, but it's a fun one. North Carolina at number 21 Pitt, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. This is a battle of two possible first-round quarterbacks in Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett. And Pitt right now is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Hmm, maybe I like North Carolina. We'll see. Anyway, enjoy that game. Have a great Thursday. We will be back on Friday for a week 11 preview with some picks as well, trying to get back on track. Talk to you next time on the College Football Daily.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.